If you and I had a pound for every time someone said, uh, this is a make or break moment, we would not need to work and ever talk about Brexit ever again. Um, so how how real is this make or break moment, do you think? Uh, I think this one is pretty real because uh, if they don't move things forward when they meet today, then actually I see very little prospect of there being time for us to get a deal at all. This, something has to happen today. Otherwise, there's no point in the negotiators meeting again. I mean, in, if things go well, they might unlock a little bit of progress, get the negotiators back in the room with slightly changed mandates and move towards a deal. But of course, even today, it's a bit interesting because... Ursula von der Leyen herself doesn't control the EU's mandate. The member states do. So even if she says we might be willing to compromise, we're going to have to wait till the summit tomorrow to see if the member states agree with her. And I suppose that's the key thing, isn't it? There's a lot of sort of different hurdles that this needs to get through. To what extent do you think that uh, all the sort of nitpicking and the whether it is fish or level playing field, whatever it might be, that actually, this, if everyone politically agrees a deal must be done, they might move quite quickly to just, right, let's just do this deal and then we'll try and work out how to sell this politically afterwards. To an extent, yeah, though I think that overlooks the degree. I think there, is a gen, there are genuine matters of principle here as well as genuine matters of politics. And I think that's why we're stuck. So it's not simply a case of do we think we can get something that we can sell at home? But I think it's also the case of, do we really think we can stretch so far as to allow the other side? So from the EU side, we can allow them tariff-free access without signing up to rules. And from the UK side, was it worth doing Brexit if we're still signed up to their rules? And I, my, my sense at the moment is none of the leaders involved have really made a firm decision as to whether or not they're willing to take that last step. And for those who um, have watched this for a long time, and uh, <laughs> in the end, it's come down to what was the argument at the very beginning, even the argument during the EU referendum, wasn't it? That can you have the perks of being inside the EU without signing up to the, the downsides? And that is, you know, everyone agreeing the rules, not having complete control over everything that you do. And it's that trade-off, isn't it? There are How much are we willing to trade off and how much is the other side willing to trade off? If you want the perks, yeah, you've got to have the, 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 the pay the price. Yeah, and I suppose a critic of the government's approach, which is sort of sovereignty-heavy, saying we need to be absolutely independent, would say, if you're agreeing not to put tariffs on uh, trade with the European Union, that is a constraint on your sovereignty. So, you know, a trade deal by definition constrains your sovereignty. The flip side is, yeah, but tariffs are one thing. Having someone tell us what laws we can have is a fundamentally different thing. So there are two slightly different conceptions of what independence and control actually means coming into conflict here. And is there anything that could have been done different? Were we always going to end up at this almost, you know, people say it's five to 12, three minutes to 12, two minutes to 12. The e-negotiations, e all, all negotiations end up going down to the wire. It was always going to be on this fundamental question of who decides what. Uh, and um, we could have basically not paid any attention for the last four years. Yeah, I mean, it could have gone differently over the last few years. I don't think anything is, is inevitable. I mean, you just, just think about some of the counterfactuals. What if uh, one of the people who campaigned for Brexit in the referendum had become Prime Minister straight afterwards? Would they have found it easier than Theresa May to make some concessions and to come up with, with a softer outcome? If Theresa May had won the election in 2017, the process wouldn't have, come, wouldn't have uh, gone ahead the way it has. So, you know, there have been decisive moments all along, but... Uh, 
you know, that's all history, as it were. And now we are where we are. And the choice is, the choice is now at least fairly clear. It's between a no-deal Brexit and a rather thin trade deal that actually will have a massive impact on our economy. You were talking about the number 10 unit. They are there as much to deal with the implications of a deal as they are with the implications of no deal. Uh, but at least the deal will give us a degree of certainty about our future relationship going forward. Well, as ever, and, and it's nice to speak to you. I'm not trying to wish away the last four years of us chatting. Um, <laughs> and I'm men on them from, from the UK and a change of Europe, and no doubt we will speak again as and when uh, there is some progress.